This is Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast hosted by Maggie Lovett. Welcome to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast, a podcast that goes through Taylor Swift's entire musical catalog chronologically. We are back with season two, and it seems only fitting, of course, that we should still be discussing Taylor Swift's second album and first re-release, Fearless. Today, we'll be discussing four songs from the album, but first, we need to introduce our Starbucks lovers. Please join me in welcoming back Nor Hall, a beloved waffle panelist. Hello there. And the geeky waffle herself, Candice. Hey, just off to the side trying to get Bucky to also come because he's a big Taylor Swift fan too. I know. Yes. Bucky loves Taylor Swift. Folklore is his favorite. Exactly. Folklore just chills him out. He's Aww. like, I'm relaxed. I'm just in the vibe. He's like, cottagecore, please. And I feel like he really entered his reputation era back when he was going through his little fight with Baby Yoda. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. yes. And he that gets was... all flirty with other dogs at the dog park. He's like his lover face. Aww. He's just falling in love left and right. Oh, I love that for him. What yeah. viewers can't see is, or listeners can't see, because this is not a viewable podcast, is Candace's very adorable pupper. He's just a big fan of the podcast, too. He wanted to be involved. Excellent. We always love to have Bucky involved in our podcasts. <laughs> So in recent Taylor Swift news, there hasn't been a lot because, of course, our theories did not come true. There was no music on the 13th because Taylor is just torturing us. Taylor Swift keeps trending on Twitter and it's stressing me out. It stresses me out. Sometimes I'll see tweets. You know how your phone will send you tweets that it thinks you want to see? And it's always somebody pretending that new Taylor Swift music dropped and it drives (sighs) me crazy because she is teasing us she has not giving us more re-records or new music she's just leaving us out to dry and it is killing me i have to respect her she's out here getting to become dr swift lots of things going on in her life i will forgive her for not giving me new music we did get some like fun taylor swift news recently robert de niro said that he owns all of her albums so welcome to the army taste i know (laughs) love that for him i know um the summer i turned pretty uh comes out soon on prime video and it features the re-record of this love and they keep teasing sparks sparks fly and it's killing me is it coming are we getting it Speak know, Now right? keeps trending too. I know. And it drives me nuts because I feel like it's her next Taylor's version, right? It has to be. It's If we go off of what was on the wall in The Man, then yes. If she's changed, then no. But like maybe. Just like our crazy theory board. I know. Yeah, the Swifties are hungry. We are starving. <laughs> we are withering without you. But we do get the re-records slowly but surely in yeah. weird places, which I love that for her. Uh, I have the screeners for The Summer I Turned Pretty, but I have not watched it yet. So I cannot confirm whether or not Sparks Fly show up or not. I feel like if it did in fact show up, it would have already leaked. But fingers crossed, they did just renew it for season two. So maybe that's a track they're planning to use for season two, which means maybe we don't get re-records until next year. Who knows? It's just a guessing game. And as much as I love theories, I'm trying not to to theorize too much anymore because every single one has been wrong. Doesn't stop me. Clown makeup everywhere. Clown makeup every single time. 
I'm going to run out of that palette before the end of the <laughs> We did get another fun news story, which was one of the news stories that like popped up on my phone. Like, this is a story you might be interested in. And I was. The Jonas Brothers are on tour playing. I feel like I am in my teen years again because I'm very excited about that, even though I have no interest in going to the concerts. But at a recent concert, they played Much Better, which of course was like a response song to Taylor Swift back in the day. And Joe Jonas changed up the lyrics. So now Ah. instead of singing, now I'm done with superstars and all their tears on her guitar, he sings, now I'm cool with superstars. Nice. Gross. Growth, growth. Yes, I love that Mr. Perfectly Fine has finally grown up. I know. What is it? The golden. Oh, gosh. What's that folklore song? A golden. Str- oh, yes. Where she's all like, I send their baby's presents now. Yeah. I'm good. And he's yeah. got another one on the way now. More presents. Winter is coming. I know. <laughs> yes, winter is coming. But that just made me really happy as somebody who was a, and still is a fan of the Jonas Brothers, that whole little rift between them always hurt a little bit. So that, that mended some broken fences, not to accidentally bring up the five holes in the fence theory, which speaking of theories that were irresponsible theorizing, <sighs> so many things that Taylor has done to torment us. But... Speaking of songs from back in the day, today we will be discussing four tracks from Fearless, including a cover from an unexpected band. Uh, So today we will be discussing Should Have Said No, Tell Me Why, Untouchable, and The Other Side of the Door. So starting out, we are going to be talking about Should Have Said No, which was written by Taylor Swift for her self-titled debut, and it clocks in at four minutes and four seconds. Now, you might be thinking, wait, is this deja vu? I think we already talked about this song, and we have, but trust me, this fits in with Fearless and that era because in addition to playing Should Have Said No during the Fearless tour, She also included this track on the international mix, and it sounds a lot different from how it sounded on the debut album. Like I said last season, I really do love this song, but I think I like this particular mix even more. There's just something a little edgier about it, something even more mature, even though it was from a very similar time period, only about a year afterwards when the mix was released. And I just, there's something about it that I like a little bit more than how it sounds on debut. And I do think it's interesting that this was a track that was included on the international mix. And just the fact that it was one of the debut tracks that she incorporated into the Fearless era. And it feels like maybe it was one of those songs that could have been a holdover that she could have kept for this album. And maybe this was her way of like adding it into the album that it fit more in a small way. So I'm going to start with Candace. What do you think about this version of Should Have Said No? And are there any other versions of should have said no that you like more so i was listening to both of them i was like doing 30 seconds of one 30 seconds of the other to hear the difference because i wasn't as familiar with the international mix and there's an electric guitar there's no violin in the mix mm-hmm. and it's just another great like solo written song that she wrote all by herself as a teen and it feels like it's like a sister to tell me why it oh. has that same feeling to it so it makes same sense vibe. that they put it on this album and yeah, yeah I, I love the A 
CM performance where she's first in a hoodie and jeans and then she spreads her arms out and her two background dancers pull apart her costume and she's in a black dress and then it starts raining and then she goes in the rain and she's just <laughs> singing her heart out and it's just so dramatic. I love it so much. Taylor's costume changes on stage have always been an absolute spectacle to bear witness to. Yeah, because she has like a hood over her head. And you're like, what are you doing, Taylor? Where's your pretty dress? <laughs> and it matches the the theme and the style of the song like so well. It's such a good performance. Yeah, because like, she's wearing her post-breakout outfit, hoodie, yes. just being comfy. But then she's like, you should have said no. This isn't my fault. So that screaming in the rain, her favorite thing. Yes, and we will get to that a little bit later on as well, because there's some more rain imagery. She's very fond of that. Is she not from Florida? Where's <laughs> so much rain? That or yeah, seriously. I, I can't think of Disney World without thinking that every day at about 3 o'clock it rains when you're at Disney World. It's Taylor right. Swift may not be from Florida, but she understands She speaks Florida. to me. In that she way, yes. yes. Norhal, what do you think of this song? Do you like one version more than the other? Are you a debut through and through? I think I, I agree with Joel when you said about what Candace said, that it feels like that Tell Me Why and this one could be like a B-side, like when they used to release the single and a B-side, they could be oh, yeah. together. They pair up together so well. And I like the international mix. I was listening to also, and the debut version has obviously its beauty, but I think the international mix has this add, like that mix, that um, extra bonus that makes you feel like, yeah, it goes to so well along with Fearless. And uh, I, I enjoy checking the lyrics and saying, okay, how has this vibe, and I'm sure you, you, mentioned it before that the why like asking why the the reasons mm -hmm. behind but obviously this song has this flavor that the guy or the other person has to face the consequences of their actions but at one point there's one bit where you say did i did something wrong there's was something that i should have done better but i like of this song how it's just the minimal part of it the, the whole song is, fo is focused on a it's your it's, it's your fault mate you did it wrong you should have said no i love that i like that too and i like that we all thought of tell me why and i don't think it's just because it is the next song that we're going to be talking about i think there might be a reason that this track was included on the international version of fearless because it does pair so nicely with songs on the fearless album like tell me why because it, it matches the tone it matches the the kind of questioning there's even some kind of connection to other side of the door which we talk about later on because it has this questioning like whose fault is it tell me why this broke down to some extent feel very adolescent even though i wouldn't say that it gets any easier in having relationships when you get older or that there's any more mm -hmm. clarity into why things fall apart or why you break down there is a bit of more maturity that happens when you're older. People do talk a little bit more about like why this relationship didn't work. You have the debriefing after the breakup that you don't always get when you're a teenager and grappling with those feelings and figuring out like who's at fault, I think is of a delight in some of Taylor's earlier stuff. And it does 
add a lot new like emotions and feelings to it with re-records and stuff like that. We get to see a lot of that more reflective kind of look at these youthful, sometimes overwrought reactions to relationships, which are, it, it's fun. Yeah. All of Fearless is like a hormonal mess. Oh, yes. God, I know. Yes. It's just like this irrational teenage love and breakups and stuff like that. And it's just right there in this album. And it's very much like, like a time capsule that mm-hmm. takes you back. Because, yeah, this could have been somebody she was with for like a month. Mm-hmm. And it's just completely extreme. Because that's how you because feel. Time feels so much longer when you're young. And then once you hit like college time becomes so short things feel so much more like truncated like a month feels like a day and things like that because just things are so you're busy and you're keeping busy and things are making your time like fly but when you're young and those like first relationships and like those first loves they feel like they last forever oh yeah and you see that even with like teenagers today who are like happy one week baby happy four weeks baby happy 48 <laughs> days like no one that. said we would last this long and I it's know. like you've been together for two months <laughs> yeah but it's like taylor said when you are young they assume you know nothing so yeah yeah maybe they do know something maybe we should be counting every yes. day when we're with people but going off of these very hormonal emotions i feel like Tell Me Why is the perfect track to talk about next. It is the eighth song on Fearless, and it clocks in at three minutes and 20 seconds. This is a song that Swift wrote with Liz Rose after venting about a situation that she was going through, which sparked the lyrics, I'm sick and tired of your attitude. I feel like I don't even know you. That was apparently, like, Liz asked her, like, what's going on? And that's what she said. And they're like, we have to make this into a song. This is perfect. Uh, And so this vent session turned into an entire song that I think a lot of people, even non-Swifties know, because I feel like this is something I've seen people reference quite frequently, because it does very much relate to so many of those, like, angsty teenage vibes, which is just so much fun. There's a couple lyrics I really, really like that I just wanted to like highlight that I think really tap into this raw, angry, vulnerable feelings from the song. And there are also lyrics that I like totally remember being obsessed with when I was younger, but it's the, you tell me that you love me, then you cut me down and I need you like a heartbeat. I feel like I've used that line in fix before because it's, I need you like a heartbeat, like I need you to live, baby. Like, it's such a fun lyric and so creative. And then there's the, you ask me for my love and then you push me around, which is like this classic hot and cold, very much perfect for those on again, off again. As you could tell, this this song definitely shows up in my ship playlists on Spotify because I like instantly relate this to ships. And then there's, why do you have to make me feel so small so you can feel whole inside, which is just such a fun it's not fun, but it's it's fun because it, it really captures that feeling of having somebody who makes you feel little because they don't feel like big enough. And I think it's such a, a good lyric that really illuminates that feeling with this particular relationship that she's talking about. But I want to hear which lyrics that stand out to you. You mentioned one, the, the heartbeat, and I it makes me rem- remember Brief, the piece where he says, I can't breathe without you, but I have to. And I like how this, the imagery of asking 
for explanation questioning the motives comes later on other songs like how you, you you get the girl when you left her alone and never told her why or even the taylor version of mr perfectly fine when she, he mr never told me why so it, mm -hmm. it comes along in in her songs but i really enjoyed the the intro with the fiddle at if you haven't heard the lyrics it gets you like oh yeah this is a like it's upbeat a yeah and mm -hmm. then you listen is oh yeah yeah that's an angry and relatable song but going back <laughs> to what you said about why you have to make me so small and small so you can feel whole inside but the, and then why you have to put my down my dream so you are the only thing on my mind is uh, those feelings of yeah those relationships or moments where yeah there can be warning lights about certain situations it feels but, like yeah. a red flag song like yes. it feels really yes. toxic she's yeah. saying like you have a mean streak you have a temper so it sounds like someone like with anger issues mm -hmm. and it's like yes. taylor run and she says it makes me run for cover when you're around which almost sounds like it's going to be violent mm -hmm. yeah so it makes me uncomfortable but i'm also like you're getting out good get out yeah Yes. But like, yeah, just telling someone like you love them and then you like insult them. Just yeah. it's mm -hmm. a very controlling, manipulative relationship. And it's just like all the red flags are there. Every single one. Agree. And it, I don't know, it's such a good song to look back at once you are older and you see yeah. those red flags. Because I definitely don't feel like the song is fully aware of those red flags. Like it's not a song written to highlight them. It's a song that's written very straight. And then when you're older and you look back at it, you're like, oh, Oops. which is like a lot of relationships are that way too. You don't see those red flags until you have that hindsight to look back at them and be like, maybe she might've not even been aware of those red flags when she was writing it, but through like the process got to like, Dear John, she realized some of those red flags. Oh, yeah. She gets there. She, she gets, gets there. there. It takes yeah. some time. But she got there. And yes. It's unfortunate that she's been with quite a few fellows that have some red flags. <laughs> yeah. There's a few I could think of. John yep. Mayer. <clears throat> Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Calvin Harris. <laughs> it just feels like it's someone yelling to their friend while they're out for drinks and saying they're horrible. They're this. It's like... Break up with them, Taylor. Like venting, but <laughs> don't yeah. even ask why. Don't ask why. Yeah, broke you don't up. need Just to know. Move on. No explanations. Find no justification. Yes. Find somebody else who will mend all of those broken hearts. Any other last thoughts about? Tell me why. You could write a book on how to ruin someone's perfect day, <laughs> which again is like such a red flag. Yeah, someone's so having a good day. Just bringing them down. Just negativity. Yes, yeah. because you can't stand seeing somebody happy. Yes. Oh, so many flags. So many red flags. So basically, Tell Me Why is a cautionary tale about a man that is literally just like the thing that would terrify a bull is a giant red flag. <laughs> just a trash human being. Oh, yeah. Yes. I hope whoever she wrote that about listened to it and be like, oh, no, <laughs> I need help. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I should call a therapist. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. The next song is not 
filled with red flags. And it is not a song that Taylor wrote. This is Untouchable, which was the second track on the Fearless Platinum Edition. And it clocks in at an oppressive five minutes and 11 seconds. Now, this song is a cover of a rather unknown band who at the time was opening for uh, Hoopstank. I don't know if that's how you actually say that band's name. I've never looked it up, <laughs> but my mom and I have called each other Hoopstank for as long as the reason has played on the radio it, like as a funny nickname. So very sorry to the band Hoopstank if that is not how you say your name. But the Luna Halo opened for them. And this was one of the songs that they played. It is obviously by the same name. So she did not change the name when she did the cover. And if you listen to the two songs, they are almost unrecognizable. I remember the first time I actually heard the Luna Halo version of the song. And I was like, this is a really weird sounding song. And then I heard a lyric and I was like, wait, isn't that the lyrics to that one Taylor Swift song? And then I looked up the history to it and I was just like, this is so weird uh, because the original song does not sound like something that Taylor would listen to and be like, oh yeah, I totally want to do a cover. And they seemed really receptive to her cover. In fact, they did a cover of her cover, uh, <laughs> which is just nice. endearing. Exception and they level. seemed really happy that she did a cover of their song, which just made me happy. And because of this, the original songwriters received a credit on the album, and that would be Carrie Barlow, Nathan Barlow, and Tommy Lee James. Now, Taylor did do some rewrites to the song. They're very subtle. At the beginning of the second verse, she changed It's Hurtful to It's Half Full and I Won't Wait Here All Day. And then she also changed, I know you think that I'll be here anyway, to I know you're saying that you'd be here anyway. And then she also changed the lyric, and in the middle of the night when I'm in this dream, to in the middle of the night waking from this dream. And I think both work really well with the emotion and the kind of imagery that she's conveying with her version of Untouchable. Untouchable is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. I have used this song on so many fanfics, like as titles, as inspiration, as Spotify playlist songs. Like this song just hits so many emotional beats that I love for my ships. And it just makes me very happy. And it also makes me hope that maybe we'll see Taylor doing more covers someday. She really hasn't done many. She's done a few and she's on tour, which seems to be like the norm for touring artists, friends song and cover it or do stuff like that. But I would love to see her add more of these to future tracks, especially now that she has broken out of her more familiar genres and she's exploring different styles and themes and stuff like that. I would love to see it happen. I'm sure there's a reason she doesn't do as many covers anymore, um, especially with how some Swifties react to lyric changes, but I hope that one day we see more of that. So Candace, what are your thoughts on this cover? So I think this was like on live journal. No, maybe not live journal. Maybe Tumblr. Probably. No, live journal. It was live journal. <laughs> it was live journal. Um, nice. Back in the day, kids, there used to be like fan playlists and you could download them, not legally, fan playlists. I had the Fearless album. I just didn't have the platinum version because I didn't know that was a thing. 
at the time. And yeah, I didn't like Twilight, but I loved me some Taylor. So I was like, oh, I'll listen to any music she does. And honestly, I didn't know this wasn't one of her songs until I looked at the show notes. And I was like, what? Excuse me? And listening to the original, it's night and day. Yes. And it did feel like a departure from her other songs, but I thought, oh, maybe Taylor's experimenting with this one, and that's why it's just a bonus track. But yeah, yeah, I really would love if she did more covers. She does one, I think she does them based on where she is. Like she did like Drops of Jupiter because she was where trains from. It was such a cute, Mm -hmm. such a nice cover. Yes, I love that cover as well. Um, So maybe if she does tours again we'll get some experimentation i'm sure i'm There's sure some rumors she's... about that there <clears throat> is a very credible rumor about that yeah. that I, I didn't talk about at the beginning but we can insert it in at the end of the episode yeah yeah am, we'll talk a little bit more about that talk about that because i don't want to leave norhal out because i feel like you have a few thoughts about yeah. the song as well this is in fearless taylor version was my first experience in of this album and Untouchable was one of my favorite to begin with, but it's one of those songs that makes you feel like, oh, I want to fall in love. I want to be in love because all the emotion, the raw feeling that Taylor imprints to the performance. And like you'll say, it's night and day, both versions. I even thought, to be honest, when punk rock covers were a thing i thought it was a cover of taylor's song it was the (laughs) other way around that's what i thought the the way the structure the musical structure she gives to her version is so powerful and i love how she uses even some imagery from a million little stars calling out your name it shows up later in the moment i knew from red Mm -hmm. but in the total opposite sense because in this one is oh this is amazing to fall in love to be together versus the moment i knew is like yeah it's despair because the guy didn't show up so uh, that's that's fantastic this is one of my favorite uh, taylor swift songs as well because it's such a joy to listen this the the way the ballad the power she she puts to it and it's very simple not that many instruments to it Mm -hmm. so really it's like her voice I'm a sucker for songs that talk about the stars and the night and the moon. And this just like checks every box for me. The like only thing else it could be like is if it was set by the sea or something like that. Cause I love ocean imagery and songs. And I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't realize this was a cover for so long because it feels like a Taylor Swift song because of how poetic it is and how very much in tune with the imagery associated with being in love and that feeling. And like, I give like full credit to the original band for being able to create those lyrics. I just think it works so much better, not as a punk song. (laughs) Oh no, I totally agree. It reminds me all along the Watchtower, the Jimi Hendrix versus the original Mm -hmm. Bob Dylan. And improves enhances so much that even bob dylan afterwards he's played the Jimi hendrix song in the mm-hmm. version instead of his original so yeah it shows improved enhanced feeling into the song that i feel like you said with untouchable 
And it's so interesting because it also gives you that ability to see that there are some bands that write incredible lyrics, but their musical genre does not fit them at all. Because I think that the the way that these lyrics just capture so many emotions is at a complete disservice in the original version because I love punk music. Like I love alternative. I love that stuff. And I think there are certain bands that know how to use that specific genre to their benefit with some of their lyrics. Whereas I think this one just like didn't work for lunar halo. Like their style just didn't fit it. And I think maybe they recognize that too, since they do play Taylor's version more often than their own. From what I've seen, I actually have no idea if this band has put out new music. Like most of the stuff that I read about it was like around like 2011, 2012, 2013-ish. So maybe they're still playing, maybe they broke up, who knows, but they did really enjoy her cover of this track. Yeah. And then to wrap up this episode, I felt like we had to talk about one of the songs that Taylor did write on the album. And it's another one from the Platinum Edition. And that song is The Other Side of the Door, which is track number six, and it clocks in at three minutes and 57 seconds. Now, this is a song that fully embraces Taylor Swift's country pop aesthetics and centers around this idea of shutting out a love interest and pushing them out of your life and then feeling a little bit of regret about it after that heat of the moment has passed. And I really looked at the lyrics of this song. Like I dove headfirst into them because re-listening to this track made me think of so many other songs that Taylor has written, particularly songs from debut and Fearless. But there are some elements, and I don't talk about it because I felt like I would just be talking for way too long, but there are elements of this song that I think follow through to future Taylor Swift songs as well. The first lyrics um, that felt like a continuation of love story, and that would be the love story lyrics of that you were Romeo, you were throwing pebbles. And the way that I loved you also had this idea of I miss screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain. And then when you're looking at the other side of the door, you have this um, lyric of but all I want is you just stand outside my window, throwing pebbles, screaming, I'm in love with you. Wait there in the pouring rain, coming back for more. And it just feels like taking these two songs, one that's from the debut, one is from Fearless. And it feels like a continuation of that. Like this is what she wanted. She wanted the passion. She wanted the genuine love. And then this relationship and the other side of the door just like didn't give that to her. She didn't get that. And I thought that was really neat to see that through line there. And then I saw like another parallel with, with your face and the beautiful eyes, which of course made me think of the bonus debut album track, beautiful eyes. And then the conversations with the little white lies also fit into that. And then, of course, at the end, we get, after everything, that little black dress, because, of course, a Taylor Swift song has to have a dress mentioned in it. And this made me think of Tim McGraw, which has... That's why I said her dress is black, because of the song. Yes. So when you think of happiness, I hope you think of the little black dress. Oh, no, it wasn't that one. It was also... Was what's the song where she's like in my best dress? Fearless. Fearless. She says that. <laughs> so that's why I thought it was black too, because 
this one and Tim McGraw, she's talking about black dresses. Mm -hmm. Yes. See, this is why you thought it was a black dress. And it's just, it's so interesting the way that if you want it to make a Taylor Swift musical someday, a jukebox hey. style, like hey. so many of the Mama songs. Yes, Mama Mia it, and so many of the songs knit together perfectly to tell an entire story. And I don't know if she meant to do it because I, I know Taylor Swift is out here doing a lot of crazy things and connecting the dots. But I think that is it is just the natural part of being a creator and having these stories inside of you and they knit together on their own. So I don't know if it's an intentional thing, but I love love seeing the way these stories feel like continuations of other stories and I felt that way with a lot of like folklore and evermore the way that she wove those stories together and those two albums felt like the continuation of each other and I feel like debut and fearless had a little bit of that going on themselves like a lot of the same relationships that she was experiencing in real life bled through into those two albums and then we get a little bit of departure as we move into her next couple of albums but I want to know, Norhal, what were the lyrics that like kind of stood out to you with this track? I think that the beginning, when she says that you've called her a hundred times, but I'm not picking up. I love how she uses the same image and you're not sorry, like you don't have to call anymore. I won't pick up the phone. And even in later works like Babe, that I'm here on the kitchen floor, you call, but I won't hear it, or I almost do. I bet you think I either move or hate you, because each time you reach out, there's no reply. So that image of, yeah, you can call 100 times, I'm not going to pick up. That's the idea. But at the same time, like you said, the expectation or that wishful thinking of having a grand gesture, uh, like mm -hmm. waiting for me in the rain, throwing pebbles, that's fantastic how you're done with that person but at the same time you really would wish that person would come back with a great gesture and you would take him back or them back and also the what she wore was she worth worth this mess of course it goes back to she would have said no because mm -hmm. she says the same thing so i love how like you said it ties all together and connects the dogs between works she has done and maybe future works uh like a couple of albums later but yeah it's fantastic how you get the same feeling i agree it's just a fun thing with her and i'm sure other musicians do the same thing that i'm not as intimately familiar with but it it makes something special i feel like for listeners because we can make those connections, see those through lines, and get something even more out of the initial intended purpose of the song. It's very fun. It's very fun. And honestly, that's one of the reasons that this like podcast was born was because I was seeing so many of these connections between her stuff. And I was like, why don't we just like go back, look through all of her stuff, dive into these connections, and maybe like get an idea of what's to come? Because I feel like a lot of the the songs from her origins still very much bleed through into her new music, no matter how many genre changes she has gone through. Now, Candace. So this is one of my favorites from Fearless. It's on repeat constantly because I especially like the very end, the riff where she starts with your beautiful eyes, the conversation with those little white lies, that thing, like just like, she goes so hard on it. And I love it. And in the Taylor version, it's the same, but even more. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's such like, again, this is like the teenage romance, irrational love, like saying, 
I don't want you, but I actually want you. Read mm -hmm. my mind kind of thing. Because that's what you do when you're like 16 and crazy. You play hard to get. Yeah, you think you act like love's a game in a way. And you, you love's think, a game, want to play? Exactly. Yes. Like you see that in the movies, you see it in the TV show. So you try to emulate that mm -hmm. and you think that's what you're supposed to do. So I just feel like, again, this is another how insane teenagers are. And just you want someone doing those big gestures of just screaming outside in the rain and throwing pebbles. These Everybody gestures. wants that guy to show up on their front lawn with a jukebox. Not a jukebox. That would be big. With a boom box. <laughs> with a boom yeah. box. If a guy wants to do it, he would bring a jukebox. I agree. Just saying. Let's get some wheels. If he wants to, he would. <laughs> but it's like but also yeah. thinking that love is like these big gestures too mm -hmm. yeah that because obviously the guy cheated yeah and she's yeah. like if you went out in the rain and screamed a bunch i might forgive you so it's just like again crazy teenage brain and i love it <laughs> yes and i love that we see the evolution of that later on where love is no longer like big gestures it's setting a place at the table it's leaving the christmas lights up until january it's the little things that like life together creates and not the big moments that you try to force to happen. And I think she finally gets that. And that makes me happy and very envious <laughs> that we get these beautiful songs. Yeah. What's the song where she's comparing two relationships? Because I miss screaming and laughing in the porn rain. I miss like screaming that. and laughing and crying and rain. Oh, gosh. Oh, I lost The that. way I loved you. The way, the way I, I love you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this makes me think like this is one half of it. Mm -hmm. Like the other half's Taylor Lautner. He did cheat on her, didn't he? He did. I think he did, didn't he? Oh, but like it was like it was more like it over because there. I remember at the time. I don't know if it was true or not. It was what's her face, Camilla Bell. No, that was dated. Joe Jonas. No, who was it? Who was it? There was Camilla Bell. Yeah, so Camilla Bell was Joe Jonas, Jonas, but Taylor dated somebody right after Taylor. Wow, that's really confusing. And it's even worse now because he's married to another Taylor. That's weird. I know, right? I but again, like teenage relationships, they were all very young. And I'm sure there was a lot of overlap in those. I thought Taylor Lautner was the one she wrote back to December. He, she about. did write back to the December about. So it sounded like she broke up with him. It was like, Maybe hey. it was one of those things that there was like rumors, but they were never actually like real. Yeah. Back when That's Teen Vogue was a gossip rag. <laughs> yeah. Instead of doing like really insightful journalism. Yes. Ragging it on the government. It's amazing. It's yeah. a beautiful evolution. We love yeah. that. Who knew from gossip rag to taking down the government? <laughs> There's literally no easy segue to talk about rumors off of taking down the government, but I'm going <laughs> to try. As we mentioned earlier, there is a rumor that seems fairly credible considering the source came from like a reporter whose family was like associated with some sort of other band sporting something i can't remember the exact particulars but basically this journalist tweeted out that her mom had asked her if she had or heard anything about like a taylor swift concert or something because taylor swift had won the bid on a concert venue that their relative was trying to get and he lost the bid on and it was an arena so it sounds like there's a 2023 arena tour happening um is it the canceled lover fest are we getting lover fest again is it a 
Folklore Evermore the third album that hasn't been released <laughs> tour. I, I don't know. I don't want to get my hopes up, but it has been a really long time since Rep Tour and I need it in my life. <laughs> what if it's like a Taylor version tour? Oh, oh my God. That was just, I would, so many tears, so many emotions. Yes. Oh gosh. Would you go to a Taylor Swift concert? If it's outdoors, I think definitely. I'm just thinking, trying to think of like what's going on. Well, if it's arenas, so yeah. 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 And I think hopefully by 2023, things are, yeah, fingers crossed. But I feel like Taylor knows and Taylor wouldn't do anything irresponsible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 She got Miles Teller to get back, so. Yes. Uh, And I have to say, the Taylor Swiftification of Miles Teller, the way that man suddenly went from being like meh to very attractive. It makes me very uncomfortable, but I, I am a Miles Teller fan now. Oh my gosh. I wow. can't believe you're admitting that. Andy. I know. And it's, I, hey, I, I've, I've admitted it into written reviews. So it's out there. It's already public record. But going off of a Taylor Swift musical and then a musical, wow, Taylor Swift music video. <laughs> And then The Offer, and then Top Gun Maverick. Miles Teller can get it, looking respectfully because his wife is on TikTok, like always putting us in our place. It's very funny. But yeah, the Miles, like the Taylor Swiftification of Miles Teller has been the funniest thing. Like, I definitely. Come here. (laughs) We can fix this. Come here. Mm -hmm. I bet his wife (laughs) called Taylor and was like, I need some help. Yes, because they're best, like they're besties. Like, yeah, she's really good friends with his wife. So I think Taylor was at their wedding too. She was at two of their weddings. She was at two of their weddings. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But I definitely feel like being in that music video helped the rest of his career this year. (laughs) Just like, no, do you remember all the Swifties got so mad? They were so mad. They bullied him into admitting he was vaccinated. And then immediately they all fell in love with him it's so funny i but taylor called him like you fix this and he was probably like yes whatever you say ma'am <laughs> <laughs> just looked at swifty nation he's yeah. like you do not want to get on their bad side when you have two big projects coming out no not at all <laughs> no but that's been funny it's been very funny to watch happen on tiktok too because i've seen swifties that went from being like boo miles teller to ooh miles teller <laughs> very Evolution. funny love that Love that evolution. I feel like this entire podcast episode has been talking about evolutions and people changing and evolving and new looks on old relationships. It's very nice. It's a very cathartic way to approach this podcast. And as we're winding down, I just want to thank both of you for joining me today. You've, of course, been listening to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast on the Geeky Waffle Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me over at Maggie of the Town and on Taylor Swift Pod on Twitter. Where can folks follow you, Norhal? You can all follow me on Twitter at Norhal and also on Instagram at Norhal Music, where I upload a good number of Taylor Swift covers. So many, and they are so good. Thank you. And Candice, where can folks follow you and the Geeky Waffle? You can find me at Candace is a Geek on Twitter. And you can find the Geeky Waffle at thegeekywaffle.com, geeky underscore waffle on Twitter, and the Geeky Waffle everywhere else, including Patreon. So, Excellent. yeah, we got our waffles after dark there. 
Yes, and be sure to follow it and support because there's a lot of fun stuff and so many wonderful podcasts on this network. Yeah. That you should listen to and rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, Podchaser, wherever you listen to podcasts that lets you rate podcasts. Be sure to give the lovely Geeky Waffle Network work uh podcast squad all the love next month you're going to have to breathe because we're gonna come in with the rain because there's teardrops on this superstar's guitar 